And I think sometimes people can feel the pressure of like, well, what if my purpose is to be a mom? You know, what if my purpose is to drive a truck? Like mm. I think the purpose gets to be whatever we want it to be as long as it's that this soul aligned thing that just feels exciting and fulfilling and it's something that we want to get out of bed and we want to go and do every day. Dear Balancer, I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together let's find your unique balance. All right, balancers, today's guests are on a mission to share and inspire, offer support, create conscious connection, and a safe place to be seen, heard, and unconditionally loved. Their higher goal to re-empower individuals around the world is to live the best life they can through online programs, in-person events, and life-changing retreats. Today, I'm welcomed by Elle and Ella from The Enlightened Co. Welcome to you both to the Balance Theory Podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show this morning. Yeah, we're so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us and hello to the listeners. (laughs) Thank you both for being here. Now, Elle and Ella, that's got to confuse a lot of people. I want to know how you guys (laughs) met and how you guys came to signing The Enlightened Co. Tell me a bit about yourselves. Yeah, so um, prior to us meeting, we were introduced by some mutual friends and um, we started co-working at a co-working space uh, together on the Gold Coast. And we were just, you know, kind of two women, both on a mission, both, you know, doing similar but different things, you know, similar approaches, but different approaches. And um, then it kind of stumbled that Ella was running a retreat with a woman who uh, decided to kind of not continue the retreat with her and left me a little bit of a pickle yeah and I I just said well hey I can help if you need it or I can you know help you market it and within 48 hours we were basically then running a retreat that was already half sold and um place that it had had filled and Six weeks later, we were driving from the Gold Coast down to Bury in New South Wales and it just happened in the car. We just, all these ideas and these thoughts and we're very similar. We've got a lot of houses in Capricorn for people that <laughs> that know placements and so like organising and like to-do lists is something that really excites us. And so within that 17-hour drive, we basically had built uh, the foundations of our business and, you know, spoken to our values within our own businesses and what we would need. And we ran our first retreat and it was a huge success. Huge success. And, and it just, yeah, by the time we kind of landed that, we'd already somewhat booked our second one, which was two months <laughs> later, which was a huge success again. And then a month after that, there was another one. And, you know, we had events and programs and two-day immersions and just yeah, there was so much flow and, mm. and we knew that we were in alignment. We knew that we were in the right space because everything really did fall into place so easily. And that was three years ago now. And, you know, we've kind of somewhat um, done nothing but really succeed throughout, mm. you know, pivoting and, and obviously moving through changes and challenges over the last couple of years. But yeah, we really do feel like it all just kind of fell into place and, you know, co-working together, obviously with the same name. Um, you know, people mix us up all the time. I get credited for her quotes. She gets credited for mine. Sometimes I get a little bit more triggered. I'm like, hang on, that's I, I'm the one that says that all the time. But no, we, um, we, yeah, we somehow make it work. One of us, for those that are listening, I'm brunette. So I'm like Belle and Ella is blonde. So she's like Cinderella and 
that was given to us by one of our clients. She was like, that's how I can tell who's who. Um, oh, that's great. We're going to, we're going to steal that. Yeah. So yeah I'm going to steal I, that. Just can you, never, this whole episode. <laughs> we can never change our hair colors. Um, that's the, that's the main <laughs> problem with that one. <laughs> yeah. You're locked in, you're locked in for life. No, I love that. I love that story so much because I feel like when a lot of people are sitting down thinking, oh, how do I, you know, get into alignment or find my purpose? Often it's not like this conscious thing you say and you do like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start doing my purpose. It sort of just happens. And so it's a bit of a hard thing to navigate, but I know we're kind of going to get into the crux of that before we dive into the conversation of purpose. And I guess you guys are sharing a little bit more about your retreats. Can you briefly share, maybe let's start with you, Elle, um, what you actually doing or what you, you know, kind of what your expertise and background is. Yeah, so myself, I am a Havening Techniques practitioner. Havening is very new in the forefront of neuroscience-based trauma recovery, and um, and we're, we're shifting through working from a, a neuroscience aspect, and so I kind of call myself this like neuro self-care uh, therapist. Love um, it. <laughs> also have, yeah, a few other modalities under my belt, but if I was to put one sticker across um that's it and you know i've been a practitioner now for close to eight years and um that modality in itself saved my life it was the thing that the pillar that put all the pieces back together when i found myself experiencing a complex ptsd after seven years and just couldn't find my way out of that dark hole that i'd been in for so long and um it worked that that one that one session changed my life. The continuous sessions has brought me to where I am today. And, you know, I'll never kind of stop on that journey. But yeah, so, you know, for myself, we still have our own businesses, both of us. We work with one-on-one people, clients, in-person, online, coaching, all the rest of it. Um, But yeah, the Enlightened Code Together is, is, you know, one of my proudest things that that I'm a part of. So yeah, that's kind of awesome. Mm. And so, sorry, just before we jump onto you, Ella, I just want to know, did you say havening? Because that's the first time I have heard that. Can you very, very briefly describe what kind of technique or what, um, like what a session of haven looks like? Because it's not something I've actually heard of before. And and so many people haven't. I was one of the first 13 in Australia trained and certified and, and 250 in the world. And so there's not many of us out there. Um, and it truly is just uh, incredible. And um, we'd need a whole podcast to truly go into it. But essentially, it's a psychosensory therapy. So we're using the body to change the way that we respond to uh, amygdala-based disorders. So fear, panic, anxiety, um, you know, the fight, flight, freeze response, the fawning response, anything that kind of makes us feel uncomfortable, we can change that response to it. So it's wonderful in trauma recovery, but as well as building resilience. So I work with my clients, not just those that have gone through trauma, but maybe those that want to be able to get up on stage and and do public speaking or want to, you know, I've worked with auctioneers and people in sales that want to expand and and kind of grow into that person that they they know that they want to do it, but that fear keeps them stuck. So anything mm-hmm. fear based, um, but essentially we're working directly with the amygdala through a touch, so like a gentle stroke of the arms, the face, and the hands, and that is creating a permanent change to the amygdala. And again, the amygdala is the the um, the response system of of um, our mind. So yeah. 
it's pretty, pretty really incredible, cool. but it's also very complex. I feel like we need a, no. again, a, a whole podcast to go into it. But. No, I appreciate that it probably is a lot more complicated than you just downloading it in a sentence or two. It was just more my yeah. personal curiosity, but thank you for sharing yeah. that. Ella, tell us a oh, little bit about course. yourself and uh, yeah, your expertise and background. Similar to Elle, like I came through corporate, so I spent many, many years climbing the corporate ladder and, and, and chasing what I thought um, I wanted in life until I woke up one day and realized that I was completely out of alignment with the life that I wanted to create. And similar to Elle, you know, I was on my own healing journey for such a long time, really trying to find things to somewhat fix myself because I felt so broken I felt so lost I felt like I was carrying all this baggage around and so through that I've obviously explored lots of different modalities I'm now trained in NLP which is neuro-linguistic programming I'm a hypnotherapist I'm time, um, trained in timeline therapy and also Reiki as well so they're the modalities that I kind of put under my belt and obviously using my one-on-one business and obviously within the Enlightened Co there's lots of hypnosis we use NLP and lots of different things as well and just yeah, just some of the things that we do, you know, we, we both kind of found different modalities and kind of infused them into all the work that we do with all of our clients. And we kind of invite in other things as well, you know, breath work and yoga and, you know, somatic release work and things like that as well, because we really feel Art like, therapy, yeah, there's, there's so many things, but they're the things that we initially mm. found that really helped guide us back home. Mm. And that's essentially where our reconnect retreat came from was modalities that, you know, had worked for me and things that had worked for Ella and things that have just worked for other people that hadn't necessarily, you know, breath work, for example, has only really come around in the last couple of years. We're in our, you know, early to mid thirties. So for, for us, you know, that wasn't, breath work wasn't really around eight years ago when we were Mm -hmm. both in that healing journey. But since then, um, you know, we've brought it into the retreat because we know that so many people have uh, results through that modality. So reconnect retreat essentially is kind of this, this place that people can come and find so many different tools and then walk away knowing what may work for them. Mm. So yeah, it's, yeah. Um, that's kind of the yeah. context of, of, of our business, essentially giving people tools that we can have, you know, that's why I love havening. We're using our hands. Our, our healing is, is within us. And, um, we're just here to guide people back to that. Yeah. yeah. That's really beautiful. And I always love hearing so much. And I really appreciate when people's stories are just born out of their own journeys, you know, a struggle they've mm-hmm. had, a struggle they've overcome that they're now just expanding and sharing with other people and the thing I love most and what I'm hearing is your retreats sound quite holistic and jam-packed with so many different options for people and I think that's really important because it's not only that different tools work for different people it's you need different tools at, at different moments in your life and if we're talking about say your life balance it's not necessarily that you work out what you need to feel balanced and then you've kind of got it all sorted. Sometimes that asks something different of you every single day. So having a toolkit or being aware of or conscious of a lot of different tools and options that there are, I think is invaluable. So even if you are going or utilizing these, you know, retreats or services or one-on-one, you know, programs just to work through a trauma, I think long-term the power that they have when you just know them and you have them under your belt is so, so powerful. Uh, But I wanted to pivot a little bit and chat a little bit more about purpose. As we sort of touched on before, um, I think it's a big question a lot of people have, you know, like, what's my purpose? What's the thing I'm here to do? And I think a lot of people get a bit jarred by this question, especially if they feel like where they are in their life right now is not where they're supposed to be or not where they want to be. And it can become really uncomfortable 
and it's quite ambiguous. It's a big bit of an ambiguous question to have to ask yourself, especially if you don't have a lot of, or you feel like at least you don't have a lot of room to move. So I want to throw the question over to you guys. How does someone find the thing that they're born to do, their, their purpose? Mm. I'd love to go to, the, to like the step before that because when we're not in alignment with our true self, when we're carrying around baggage, when we're carrying around trauma or, you know, again, we're not connected to who we truly are, then it's so hard to find that thing. It's so hard to really create that life that we want to create because we're not the version of ourselves that needs to create that version of our life as well. So I think before we even start to explore, you know, what is my purpose and really start asking those questions, it really is about coming back home to living our most authentic self and, and, and really being who we were born to be because from there we're kind of looking through the lens of what's really true for us and we're really in alignment with what that is and then from there we can start asking the big questions around well, why am I really here? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually really, sorry, I was just going to say I really love that as a bit of a reframe for people because if you can't answer the question what is my purpose then you're absolutely right. It's probably because you're looking that you're looking at that question through a bit of a clouded perspective and it's almost as though if you were to answer that in a position where you're out of alignment you're probably going to get an answer or go down a road that's not correct for you so how do people get in alignment (laughs) yeah because I know I know what that I know what it feels like to be in alignment everything just flows it feels like there's all these synchronicities in the universe it feels like you know everything's on your side I know what that feels like but how do we get from feeling stuck and unsure to getting in alignment Yeah, I want to just say, like, I agree with absolutely like both of you. But I think one thing I'd like to just add in is like not to not forget to have fun along the way as well Mm -hmm. with your purpose, Um, because it does. It gets to all fall into place with absolute ease Um, for us. And how does somebody kind of stay within and, and get back into alignment within themselves? It's well. The first thing to recognize is, well, I'm out of alignment. And that's the the one thing that I don't think enough people actually recognize. And when people do, that's the that's the moment of of breakthrough. That's the moment of the the turning point, right? That we go, oh, now I can U-turn because I've realized I'm off off track. So sometimes getting into alignment is recognizing that I'm not in alignment. So then I can make the the pivotal choices that I have to 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 shift that, to redirect yes. and to kind of refocus. Um, you know, given the last couple of years and everything that's that's happened globally, um, you know, we so many people went, oh my gosh something's not right. You know, I I don't have all of these distractions. I don't have all of these things that I can so freely go and do. They've all been taken away from me and I'm I'm not okay without them. So for us, that's kind of like a, a heightened example of what happens when we're not in alignment. When we're in alignment, things can happen, but but we're okay, right? We can we can move through those things with ease and with joy and with glory and grace. Um, but when for us it's the acknowledgement that we're not in alignment and then it and then it starts to to shift and pivot mm. but for alignment to to stay in alignment is then rituals it's routine it's you know being consciously aware of you know what we're 
you know, putting into our systems, into our bodies, into our minds, you know, what thoughts we're having, what, you know, how we're feeling about our, our day to day. Mm. And what's important to me, yeah. right? If, if mm. health's important to you, am I in alignment with that value, right? Mm. Am I living in alignment mm. with that thing that's important to me? If family is, and I'm not seeing my family, I'm not in alignment with that thing that I'm saying that's important. Therefore, mm. I'm currently yes. out of alignment. And so it's really getting clear on, well, what are those things that are important to me so that I can really ensure that I'm making that time for that stuff and I am staying in alignment with again what is true to me yeah no this is actually a really fitting conversation for our theory that we talk about on the podcast so very very shortly because I know the listeners would have heard me probably bore them to death with the concept (laughs) over and over again but basically the the idea of balance is to get rid of the work-life balance formula because work and life are not 50-50 and they're not necessarily polar opposites for a lot of people like take Mm -hmm. you two for an example you love what you do you probably pour everything into work and you do it every day if you really could but the point is to step away from that and look at okay your life is comprised of your health your relationships and your category of fulfillment which includes you know work and your hobbies and your unique balance is your choice of how much time you spend across each of those areas and a task I like the listeners to do is to sit down and go okay how important is my health to me out of 10 how important is my relationships fulfillment and so on And then the question is to look at your time, how you're spending your time and see, are you giving your relationships 10 out of 10 effort? And that is a really um, fitting way to ask the question of, am I in alignment with what is important to me? And so I think that that's a really um, familiar way for the listeners to get, wrap their heads around how to sort of start identifying whether they're in or out of alignment. And I think that's a really, um, a really interesting perspective actually, to actually accept and acknowledge that you're out of alignment to be that pivoting point because that's often such a scary thing to accept. You know, we want to think that we're perfect. We want to think that our routines are already spot on, that we're doing everything we can. And sometimes we just need to be a little bit critical and be a little bit open to the fact that, you know, we're human and sometimes you fall, even if you're, you've been in alignment, you can fall out of it. And I think it's just that simple acknowledgement that prompts you to take that action Whereas sometimes we're so scared of doing that, that actually holds us back and keeps us stuck in misalignment, if you know what I mean. I feel like that acceptance piece is what actually prompts you to then then turn and make some changes. Yeah, because life, life's messy, mm. right? Life mm. is messy and it's all over the place sometimes and it's not perfect <laughs> and, you know, some days it looks very different to others and it's really just being in that humanness sometimes and, yes, we can strive for all of these wonderful things but if we sometimes fall short fall short of that and we land in the mess like it's being with that mess it's Mm. getting curious about that mess it's getting curious about what's there for us and giving ourselves some some compassion and some kindness and really allowing ourselves to know that wherever we are it's always perfect Mm. yeah and you know even for us we run you know the enlightened co but our community and our everything that we run isn't for enlightened beings, right? And is enlightenment even, you know, a- achievable? We're here having a human experience and that's going to be messy and stuff's going to come up. And, you know, we have a lot of practices. We run a lot of online programs and one of them that if, you know, our community is listening, they'll probably know, but it's very similar to yours in bridging that gap. You know, where am I? Where do I want to be? And what's the space in between? You know, what does it look like if, if I can recognize, you know, I love the, the, the breakdowns of the areas that you've got there because it's so easy to go, oh, you know, I'm excelling at work and work's going great and I'm getting the promotion. I'm doing all of the things and 
Yeah, right. Oh, don't get me started on hyperfocus. I'm a little bit. Um, I could I could have a million labels if I wanted to. Ella's laughing because she agrees. But you know, for us, it's it's just that recognition of like, oh, you know, if I take some time for myself to be honest and real with myself and call myself out on some BS, am I where I think I am? Or am I just pretending? Am I am I showing up? You know, it's we live in this world of you know Instagram and and social media where life can look really perfect. And so I think sometimes our kind of generation, our I don't know, our um, culture can get sucked into that. That's that our that we think that our Instagram is also real as well. And so sometimes, you know, with these different practices, there's a million of ways that you can look at your life. But when we do, and we're honest with ourselves, and we ask that question, you know, am I where I want to be? I think most of us, in some areas, maybe yes, but in the practicality of of that life balance right the being in balance areas can't succeed fully without letting other things go so it is it's looking at your priorities at your values and they can be really hard to know our values can be really hard to know if we are coming from a place of a um you know a, a trauma mind if we're not um treating ourselves with kindness if our inner critics really loud if we're carrying around you know intergenerational trauma if if the past is always present it can be really hard to know what our values are um or you know we we kind of hold on to our parents values our friends values our siblings values um without ever really addressing what our own might be um and i think that that's one of the the most beautiful things that come out of you know the work that we do whether it's in one-on-one um in retreats in workshops in you know we do so many different things but it's this awareness of self Mm. like oh wow I didn't even know that this life was available to me because my mind has just been down the dark rabbit hole and you know it it is what it is, you know, I've got to, you know, we both were in that corporate world doing what we assumed we had to do in order to be successful, in order to, you know, get the pieces of paper to, uh, you know, please the parents, the grandparents, you know, to follow the the lineage. And, you know, we, we know that feeling. So yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful dance mm. to this, healing work that we get to do we don't have to do it we it's a choice and that we get to heal in order to find that clarity for our purpose to live this like balanced work life career children family like whatever it might look like yeah yeah absolutely and and I think the byproduct of understanding yourself deeper from doing this work is unreal and I can definitely relate and I would add so you were speaking about how often it's hard to know your own values because it's determined by friends or family or grandparents or parents. I would even add society values there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, One for me personally, I have a very similar story to you both. I graduated from uh, law school, became a lawyer. Um, And, you know, that's quite an esteemed job in society. Going Mm -hmm. to uni seems to be the only option when you finish school nowadays. Um, And so I just sort of went with the flow. I did enjoy it. But there was a part of me that was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this forever. And I think the moment for me was when I 
realized I didn't want anyone's job above me. I was literally looking at their lifestyles and going, that is the furthest thing from what I want. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, well, I don't know what that means for me and sort of just kept going. And then you're absolutely right. When the COVID pandemic hit, we were, you know, distractions were removed and we had time to sort of reflect on what was left. I kind of look at it like a sieve, like it like filtered everything out and you're like, okay, this is what's left. This is kind of what my life is without distractions and how do I feel about that? And uh, my fiance and I, we he had he was a chiropractor in Sydney, very, very successful business. Um, I was working as a, as a banking finance lawyer. And at, at the end of last year when, you know, everything was starting to open up again, we just thought, you know, we've... And I don't, I don't speak about this trajectory to, to talk down on it. I just speak about it in terms of how it fits with my own alignment. You know, we had bought the properties in Sydney. We'd gotten engaged. We had very same jobs and we had a business. And the next kind of thing was going to be getting married and having kids, which is still on my list of things to do. That's still something I very much want in my life. But it was, it was almost like there was this gap of, well, what if I just want to do something different for a little bit? Like, is this kind of going to be my life forever? Am I going to be in this freezing cold office that I don't really love that much? And there's no one's job that I want above me. And very fortunately, I had this podcast on the side, which I just started as a hobby to connect with people during COVID. And so I knew what it felt like to be doing something and feel like I was in alignment. Every time I get off a podcast still to this day, I'm just filled with that buzz, with that happiness. It's just this peace or this sense of like, this is what I should be doing. And I feel so happy and grateful. And I never got that, let me tell you now, from drafting a contract for a bank or, <laughs> and it's, yeah. you know, it's different for everybody. And, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not downplaying that trajectory, but I think that when you start being very critical and you accept that, okay, the life I'm leading right now, even though I think I'm, you know, I'm doing all the things, I'm healthy, I'm seeing my family, I'm growing in my career, just because you don't hate it doesn't mean that you love it either. And I think if you're in that yeah. middle ground where you're, you feel a bit complacent, I think being critical on yourself can feel really uncomfortable because that means you might need to change. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. why should I change? Because I don't hate anything about my life per se. But I think just exactly what you said, like when you have that realisation that there's something different or a different type of life available to you if you really want it, it's actually exciting. But I do mm-hmm. want to acknowledge that it's quite a daunting kind of journey to go through as well because that change especially when it's so um against maybe values you've been trying to appease whether it be your families or societies or something like that mm-hmm. it's quite a it's a really daunting moment I don't know if you guys had a very similar experience or not but I, I found it was really jarring initially yeah. to accept that but I think it, it comes down to what you're saying before like to stop resisting mm-hmm. those that that realization and kind of go into it with a bit of surrender yeah and you know the the corporate world there's a lot of similarities when you then step into you know even our industry um i was exactly the same as yourself i was 23 i was a state manager for a clothing company and looked after the the state of victoria at that time and um, i had a team of 120 women and i absolutely loved it I felt like this, you know, mother, this auntie, this carer, you know, I'd, I, I, my team worked for me so well. I'd grown up, my parents had had businesses. So, you know, I treated them like it was, we all worked as if it was our own business. And, you know, even though it was so big and there were so many people, it was such a, a, a beautiful network. And 
I remember looking at my seniors, you know, in in head office and, you know, national managers, and that was the trajectory for me. And I just went, no, I I don't want that. And I and I knew that's exactly where I was going. And I just, no, I can't. And I loved this company so much that I thought, I can't leave this company and go and work for somebody else. That wasn't an option for me. And so I put in my resignation. I gave them two months notice. I ended up staying on for three months. And um, who has three months notice? In a Usually they want to get rid of you. My, my company was like, can we just keep you a bit longer? And, um, and I booked a ticket and I went overseas. That was my, that was my way out. I was like, I... I'm going to go to another company. I'll probably end up doing the same thing there. And, you know, here I am, you know, this is 10 years ago. Um, That was 10 years ago, sorry. So here I am now in a business with a community with, you know, with thousands of people. And I sometimes just feel like I'm doing the same thing. Like, I'm, I'm helping people at the, the core, you know, I used to dress people for a living and now I dress them in confidence. Kind of like it's, there's a lot of, nice. a lot of similarities, you know, where there's, I remember one time this woman was in the clothing room and she was like, oh, there's nothing wrong with, with the dress. There's just everything wrong with me. And that broke my heart. And I remember saying to this woman, I was like, don't come out of that changing room. Please let me help you. Let me go and get some items, you know, that are going to suit your your shape and your figure. And I came out and I said, I want you to put these on, but if you don't like it, we don't have to talk about it. But anything that you say to yourself, I want you to imagine, would you say that to your daughter? Would you say that to your best friend? Because you'd been talking about her daughter. Would you say that to a stranger? And I said, and if you're not going to say it to them, I don't want you to say it to yourself it's banned in here. And I just like put this rule on the clothing store. And it was, you know, in that moment I had, that was me and my purpose. I didn't know that that's what I'd go on to kind of do with my life, but we have the ability, no matter where we are right now, even as a, you know, working in a bank or a bank teller or a checkout person, we have the ability to impact somebody's life today Mm. we don't have to wait for the business we don't have to wait you know you started this podcast in COVID to keep you connected with people like that's making an impact in in wherever you are Mm. and I just encourage people to go out but we can only give from that full cup too you know we Mm. we can only give that kindness when we're giving kindness to ourselves. and I think that's the that's the thing. So many of us are not being kind to ourselves. Therefore, we don't know how to be kind to each other. And it's, yeah. Mm. And just speaking into purpose, you know, we need all roles filled within society as well. Mm. So it's not about everybody having this grand, big purpose of impacting millions of people. And I think sometimes people can feel the pressure of like, well, what if my purpose is to be a mom? You know, what if my purpose is to drive a truck? Like mm. I think the purpose gets to be whatever we want it to be as long as it's that this soul aligned thing that just feels exciting and fulfilling and it's something that we want to get out of bed and we want to go and do every day. As long as that mm. feeling is there, you know, there's obviously going to be harder days, but as long as we just feel so just lit up by that thing, like that gets to be the purpose. Mm. It's not always this big, grand 
And sometimes it is, but I think sometimes people can feel that pressure of like, oh, but I don't want to go and help millions of people or I don't want to speak on stages or, you know, what if that's not enough? And then really purpose gets to be whatever we want it to be. Um, And there's, again, if we all, if we were all going and trying to help millions of people and no one was picking up the garbage or, you know, packing shelves or teaching children like society would crumble so we need people to have interest in all these different beautiful things in life and that for that to be there cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com Yeah, I think that's a really nice call out because I think absolutely people feel the pressure and and the question behind, well, what is my purpose? Is this sense of, well, what I'm doing now is kind of not enough and it's not not necessarily my purpose. And one thing I did want to say off the back of that is I feel like purpose can manifest itself in different ways. So even if across your life you have five or six different jobs, if you really sit down and think about it, the core of what your role is, is probably very similar across all of them or what you're drawn to, what you do for work or what you enjoy has this common thread, even if it looks quite different in terms of what role it is. So just by a quick example, like I also have an e-commerce business of fitness accessories. It's called ES Fit, but we started it off same thing as a boot camp between my, me and my best friend. And that sort of evolved mm-hmm. during COVID, but it's still for me is this sense of empowering and connecting with people through accessories kind of like what you were saying uh, with your experience in the um in the change room like you were doing that through Mm -hmm. clothes and now you're just doing it through a different medium I think purpose Mm -hmm. um whilst it may feel like you've got I don't want to say that people have one purpose but I just feel like it can be dressed up in a lot of different ways and I think uh a thing with we're speaking about here which I kind of want to pivot the conversation into is moments of making intuitive decisions and Mm -hmm. and letting your intuition tell you that that was a special moment or that was something that set your heart on fire and leaning into that. Cause I feel like if you've had moments like that and you ignore it, it's quite easy to forget, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's quite a special feeling when you have that. It's like a, it's like your heart is kind of set on fire for a minute after, after something happens. I feel like that's really um, hard to forget, but making those intuitive decisions, leaning into those moments, is that, is that kind of easier said than done? Or do you guys have any tips on how we can actually lean into our intuition, how we can lean into that internal GPS? I think it's about developing that relationship with that part of ourselves because mm-hmm. so many people don't even have a relationship with that in, internal GPS. They don't even really realise that it's there. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing we need to do is to really tune into that, to get familiar with that, to to notice the times and maybe we get a little intuitive hit about call somebody and then we call them and we realize that person was having a really hard day and really needing some love and and a conversation like how interesting that I was thinking about that person and I thought about them and so I called them and then wow that was they they were needing me in that moment or you know we get a a thought or a little intuitive hit about doing something and we go and do that and then we realize that it was the thing that we're meant to be doing and so again the more that we listen to those little niggles and we we listen to that inner voice and we develop that relationship with it and we see the evidence showing up in our reality when we listen to it um, again the more that we're going to be able to tune into that 
And it is about being in the stillness. If there's constant distractions, if there's constant noise going on, if we're not creating the space to be with ourselves and to actually listen, then it's pretty hard to, to, to hear it, right? If, if there's all these radio yeah. stations playing, we can't hear the radio station that is our intuition. So we need to turn all of that down, turn that one up, listen to that for a little while, get familiar with that. Um, and tune into what it feels like for, for for you because for some people it might feel a certain way for others it might be another way you know for myself it's re- it's very body driven I get a lot of like feeling within my body I'm a big feeler and so you know that's how I really connect to my intuition is like through my body communicating with me as well so it's really getting familiar with that process for yourself mm. yeah, my intuition is is um um I hear it you know, it's okay. like the, cool. the voice inside my head, right? Um, but but for us, it's it's being with it and it's allowing it and, and knowing that it's safe, you know, in whatever way and to just trust it. And, you know, you can use different things like kinesiology to muscle test and, you know, and to just kind of have like a tool or a guide. You might use, you know, angel cards or different things, you know, that, that people uh, use. But the more you work it as a muscle, the stronger it gets. But I love the term like uh, internal GPS, but, you know, GPSs do get lost sometimes, you know, like we, like Google is amazing, right? I hardly ever get in my car now without turning on the GPS. And even where I, when I think I know where I'm going, I'm like, oh, this is a backup. But every now and then, you know, we, we miss a turn or, you know, but what then happens is it maybe takes us around the, the long way. So, like we can get off course, but eventually I truly believe that we are going to where we need to go at the time that we need to be there. And I know for myself, when I started on, you know, this journey and I was having spiritual awakenings and, you know, different life was starting to make sense again. And, you know, it got a lot darker before it became a lot lighter, but you know, I kind of get caught up in, well, why did that happen? And why would, you know, why would God, why would the universe put this pain on me if I was loved? Like, why would I go through struggle if I was so cared about by the divine, you know, creator, however you, you witness to see that? And so I would go, well, well, it just didn't, never made sense. But in actual fact, you know, it's, it, it was all a part of the path. So, you know, mm. for anybody out there trying to listen to your intuition or trying to get yourself on track or, you know, if this podcast has like been bringing stuff up for you, just a reminder that you are exactly where you need to be right now, doing and experiencing exactly what you need to be doing and experiencing. And it's through those experiences that we that we get to the other side. You know, Ellis sometimes references it, but we love the book, um, the bear hunt um for those that know it and you know the bear hunt you can't go over it you can't go go under it you've got to go through it it, right it's you know it's the the mud right the the stuff (laughs) (laughs) and that's the thing with life is that we we have to go through this stuff Mm -hmm. in order to recognize and go ah okay actually that's why that happened and sometimes we can get a little off course for a little too long it's called complex ptsd trust me i've been there but with you know would i go back and and change it no i wouldn't but i'm very grateful that my experience was for seven years not 17 years not seven 
70 years, right? It was just the time frame that it needed to be before I found the tools that I could create the, the change within those memories that had been stored and that I was consistently living through. So for us, we can't change it. We've got to go through it but there can be healing and, and hope. Mm. I think. And just one more thing I'd love to add is, you know, with our intuition, sometimes we can listen to our intuition and it can lead us down a path that we're like, oh, actually I didn't want to go there and I didn't want to experience mm. that. And then sometimes we can then create distrust with our intuition because we're like, oh, but I, I listened to that voice. I listened to that feeling. I went down that road. I dated that person. I, I chose that job and it ended up not being right for me. Can I really trust myself? and I really just want to speak into that because sometimes we're meant to go down those paths we're meant to date those people we're meant to have those jobs that might not be right for us to learn something that needs to be learned to transcend something that needs to be transcend and so sometimes our intuition can lead us down into the wrong suburb right that GPS can go completely off track and go somewhere else and and it's all for a greater purpose And so mm. if, if we are experiencing that sometimes with our intuition and then feeling like we can't really trust that inner voice, you know, it's 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 going to pan out the, exactly the mm. way that it needs to. Yeah, I love that you've brought that up. And, and I like to talk about that as well, because I feel like those experiences that we feel like, oh, you know, I dated all these people before I found the right person or I had all these jobs before I found the job I love. If you didn't have those experiences, you would not have a reference point to be like, well, I love this job because it doesn't have X, Y, Z from my previous jobs as an example. Mm. And so sometimes it's really important to have those experiences so you do have those reference points along the way. Mm. And I love that we've leaned into this metaphor of the GPS. Um, Mm. And as you sort of said, Elle, sometimes you take a turn and you get lost. I also think that this idea of getting lost we think is such a bad thing, but often being lost just means you've had to unlearn so much about who you think you are and what you thought you wanted and needed because it's no longer what serves you. And to me, that's just space for new things to come in that that may be able to better serve you. And um, I've recently done an episode on it. So if anyone's sort of feeling in this gap, you can go back and listen to it Um, because I've just recently gone through a period, you know, with this whole transition, changing jobs, changing countries, moving away from everything that was secure and stable and comfortable. I went through a bit of a transition myself where I did feel lost and I felt out of touch with that GPS. And I was like, why is this happening to me? Like I've kind of made this transition and I feel like that was what my intuition wanted me to do. And it's taken me months to kind of settle and surrender to the experience and be like, you know what? I actually think I'm supposed to go through this. I'm now learning for myself. It's teaching me a new angle on my balance. It's giving me a really refreshing point of view and teaching me a lot of things that I don't think I could have learned if I wasn't in this lostness, shall we say. And so I think really just enjoying and embracing that experience and trusting that it's teaching you something, even if you cannot see it in the moment, I think is really, yeah. really important for that resilience our pain, muscle. Our pain will always go into our purpose. You know, it's yeah. the, 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 the problem is that we, as a society, carry our pain through our life um, instead of, you know, recognising that, oh, I can actually let that go. Um <laughs> And what would then be possible if I wasn't carrying all of this stuff? So, you know, our, our pain does lead us to our purpose, but beyond that, you know, what's then what's then beyond? You know, how can we get curious about what else is possible and what's available to us? 
um, what's in that space? Yeah, what's that? What that space yeah. is creating? Space where we love space. We're all about space. <laughs> We're always <laughs> the moments in between, you know, where we just sit in the space yeah. and we get curious yeah. about well, what gets to come in here. Yeah, how long can yeah. we, you know, take to to do something, and how can we be more mindful, and what are we choosing? You know, that I think the greatest thing that ever comes out of anything that we do is that you know we really invite women to choose. Mm because you have a choice everything's a choice and it can you know spiral some some stuff at the same time it can be quite triggering like what do you mean I get to choose and what do you mean I've chosen all of this but you know our life is a reflection of our choices Mm. and so you know when we recognize ah I get to and this is a choice and I've chosen this it's so freeing life is so freeing Mm. life is so life is so blissful we just hold on to the pain you know we mm. and we all do it you know we both do it we're, we're all human but you know it's that you know f- for myself you know can only ever speak for myself but I held on to it for so long I've worked with people I worked with a woman a few days ago for 60 years she's been carrying something she's in her late 70s now and she was like I'm just ready to let it go it's been do you think that that's possible for me and you know I think wow I'm just so grateful that, you know, I, I chose to, you know, put that line in the concrete and to make a change now instead of it rippling through, you know, generations to come or creating disease in my body. And, yeah, it's just, you know, those moments where you go, ah, this life is so great. And I really wish that upon everybody. Mm-hmm. Truly, I truly do. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I couldn't agree more that it's a bit of a hard pill to swallow at times to think that you're choosing to stay in the pain. But I think when you accept that, it's kind of like accepting that you're not in alignment, then you can yeah. start to make the change and take some action mm. to pivot. And the healing um, is easy. You know, let's reframe yeah. it. I think we, we get this this misconceived idea of of what working through the stuff looks like and it and it really is it gets to be easy it gets to be fun it gets to be enjoyable it It gets gets to be be through laughter it gets to be yeah rapid and quick and you know it's 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 not this you know this heaviness um yeah I know we're all yeah I feel like if you no no I I agree I feel like almost if you have and I mean this is um quite a top line comment and I'm not a therapist of any kind, but I, I just feel like when we're holding on to pain for a very long time, it's almost like in, in the moment you didn't or couldn't process for whatever biological or psychological reason. And so you've kind of frozen that memory as is. And so the moment you allow yourself to re-explore that, it just kind of processes the way it was supposed to at the time. And so, yeah. and so, you know, the longer you hold on to it, the longer you kind of just prolonging that process. So I, I, I hear you guys and, and I, I've done work myself, so I, mm. I, de- I can definitely advocate for the value of doing something like that. Um, yeah. But before I do let you both go, there is something else I wanted to quiz you both on, and it's something my listeners love talking and hearing about, and that is routine, morning routine, night routine, you name it. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, what does it look like or mean to you both when I say the term master your routine? And do you have any tips sort of around how to do that? Yeah, I love morning routine. Um, I, you know, I love easing into my day. I love setting myself up for the day. I really do believe if we win the morning, we win the day. Um, I don't have children yet. I my partner goes to work really early, so I have the, the all this space in the morning for myself. <laughs> yeah, I have space. It's so nice, and so you know, for me, that looks like 
reading and, and learning and really, you know, taking that time to work on the muscle that is my mind. I love to work on the muscle that is my body. So whether that's just a walk or going to the gym or kind of some level of high intensity workout, I love to move my body um, to meditation, again, working on my mind, again, being in that stillness, prayer and yeah, just doing a few things. I, I have my set things, but sometimes I feel like like different things. Sometimes I feel like journaling. Sometimes I feel like going and sitting outside in the grass and, and just sitting in some stillness and not doing anything as well. I used to, you know, have my list of things and I used to tick them off every single day and be really di- diligent with them until one day I woke up and realized that I wasn't really being with them. I was being with my list. And it was just another list for me to tick off. And now it's about letting go of the list, letting go of it needing to be perfect and just being with it. And and the name of the game is me feeling good. The name of the game is me starting my day feeling really regulated and really being with that time for my nervous system. And so, you know, some days it's more, some days it's less depending on my schedule or what I'm needing, where I'm at on my cycle. Um, sometimes it looks like a, a meditation throughout the day as well, breaking up my work day and going and doing a half an hour lie down meditation. Again, taking that time for myself. Sometimes there's things kind of slotted naps. into my, okay, my naps. Um, <laughs> Ella loves a nap. Love I'm also, nap. I'm a napper as well. I'm yeah. a napper. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> Great. It's a great yeah. life when you nap. Come to um, Italy and- for a month and you'll become a napper. <laughs> yeah, I, Italy. Yeah, you're a fiesta. I spent two months in the Greek islands when I was uh, 22 and all I did was eat and nap and swim. So I don't <laughs> know. That's where the skills there. learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. European summer. That's where it's taught. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. I, I did a European summer. I spent two months on a Greek island and all I did was nap and, mm. and eat and drink ouzo and <laughs> swim in the ocean. So maybe that's where that's come from. But yeah, sometimes it's a nap. Sometimes tuning into my body. I'm feeling tired. I'm, I'm needing a little bit of a reset. Um, sometimes the things in my evening, but my evenings really are time with my partner as well. You know, sometimes there's a bath, but, you know, each day looks a little bit different, but there's also the core things each day. You know, there's things for my mind, there's things yeah. for me spiritually, there's things yeah. for my body. And so if I'm ticking those boxes, but ticking them in different ways, that's okay. It, it, it's never meant to feel like a chore. It used to feel like a chore for me. It was like, I'm a good girl. I'm ticking all these things off. I'm doing all the things. But again, it's being with what they're actually meant to, to support us mm. with. And if, if we're yes. feeling good after we're doing them, then we're getting the job done right. Mm. So Ella, I'm hearing that, you know, you've got your priorities, um, but you've kind of, to master your routine, it's less about the list of, of ticking everything off and more, mm-hmm. okay, make the priorities the priorities and then move intuitively throughout the day because every day is yeah. going to look different, which is so relevant yeah. to balance. Every day you might need to, you know, focus more on your mental health or, or your physical health or your, or your relationship that day. And so having the tools to be able to support and that routine just needs to be flexible in and amongst yeah. obviously keeping the priorities as number one. Love it. Yeah, That's a really great Some days I'm needing more, some days I'm needing less. Like it's really tuning yeah. into what I'm needing in that moment. Absolutely. And Elle, how about you? How do you kind of go about your uh, routine or what would, what tips would you have to master it? Yeah. So I love the idea of mastering routine and I, very similar in the beginning, you know, I'd have my uh, daily, weekly and monthly like non-negotiables they had to be done Um, and it was the same something for my mind something for my body um, something for my community so you know somebody else you know how can uh, my routine not just be structured on myself but others um, in order to make impact and you know create this world that I want to live in Um, my routine is more structured in the evening so I'm single, I have a chihuahua and I have a very wonderful life and um, so does he. And so um, <laughs> for myself, my my day really starts the night before. I love to like just 
I sit in in gratitude. I sit in prayer. I sit in reflection of of what um, my day has been, and it really then primes me for the day that's going to go ahead. Being um, based in neuroscience, I know what's happening within the mind. So when we take our stresses of the day to bed and we take them to sleep, that's when they become encoded. Um, that's when the mind has the you know the filtering system and and puts everything into files. So. My regulation is actually at the end of the day where I can go, oh, that was quite stressful. Actually, I'm just going to shift through that, whether or not I, nine times out of 10, I use havening. Sometimes it's journaling, sometimes it's meditation, but I want to just regulate my nervous system, regulate my mind before going to sleep so things can't be encoded. What this also then means when I'm in my, you know, practice of gratitude is that I wake up the next morning, Ella knows that I do this. I will lay there looking half asleep and half awake and kind of just in this meditative, um, you know, space that I'm communicating with divine and, you know, kind of manifesting how I want my day to go. And that can be anywhere from a few minutes to 20 minutes where I just lay there and just kind of map out my day, who I'm going to speak to, what's going to happen, what I'd like to happen. And I, that's my, my time in the morning. And then I kind of just get on with my day. I do something for my body. I prepare beautiful food. I, I do all of the things throughout my day. We both work from home. And so it, it's, you know, quite a luxurious thing to be able to do that. <laughs> and, um, but because I primed myself before going to sleep, my mind then that day, especially for gratitude, my mind that day is then scanning for things to be grateful for because it knows that this nighttime practice is coming. So it's kind of the same, you know, we, but mind's more focused definitely in the mm. evening because there's nobody here taking up my spare time, which I love. <laughs> I have somebody, a yeah. six foot three man taking up my time and, <laughs> and you know, our time together as well. So yeah. I think with, with our routines, it's working with the time that you've got, the, the, the commitments that you've got in your and life. And what you prefer as well. Yeah. Like if you're a night owl, if you're a morning person, like I'm not a morning person, give me my cup of tea. I'll drink that in silence. I'll then take the dog for a walk. Like that's like my my capacity that I have. And because, you know, I'm priming myself the night before, I don't need that in the morning. So it's everybody's going to be different just working through what you're needing. Absolutely. And I love that we're having this conversation. It's so much easier to bounce off three of us because when I, I've spoken about before how, you know, sometimes your morning routine can start the night before. Um, but I think this concept of a morning routine whilst um, Ella, I'm like you, I'm a morning person. I think we, um, we've boxed a lot of people in who are not morning people to be like, you need to have a morning routine because that's how you're productive. Right. But I think morning routine is a bit of a metaphor for just time for ourselves. So if you're a shift worker and you need to do that in the afternoon before you go to a night shift, that's your morning routine. You know, I think we, let's just take away the, the tie of having to have it in the morning. And maybe you want to split that up. Maybe you want half in the morning, half at night. Maybe you want it all at night. Maybe you want it in the middle of your day. And, and, you know, even if you do have this ideal routine, it could be that one day you wake up and all this unexpected stuff has happened. I remember this is not nice, but one morning I woke up and I, when I freshly moved out of home and I, you know, you got to go through all these life experiences to learn the things as you move out of home. I'd left like some raw meat in the bin and then there were like maggots everywhere. (laughs) And so I wanted to start my day perfectly. And there was no way I was going to the gym that morning. I had to clean my house. I had to throw everything out, like that kind of thing. So I think the key thing and what I'm hearing from all of you and, and for the purpose of me bringing out that gross story is 
your routine needs to be flexible um, and you need to be able to create that space in your day if your priorities are thrown in the morning. And sometimes mm. it might be a whole day that you're thrown and you just had a shocker of a day and you just need to sleep when you get home. It's not like you can go and meditate and exercise and all those things. But it's then looking at the rest of your week and going, how can I compensate for this being kind of removed from my Monday or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. It's not about sitting there beating yourself up that you didn't, you know, have the perfect morning routine. It's about them being flexible and being like, you know what? I had a crazy day. Of course, I didn't have time for my routine rather than being guilty about it. And then yeah. just giving yourself that grace and flexibility to be like, okay, how can I make space for it the rest of the week? Which, and I, and I love hearing that you guys have, you know, different approaches to your routine because I think it's important for people to detach a little bit from the, the idea of needing to have something in the morning when they wake up when that's not actually maybe what they like. Maybe that's not when they have energy. Maybe that's not when they would like to be awake. So don't force it. I think a routine mm-hmm. shouldn't feel forced. Like you said before, Ella, it shouldn't feel like it's something you have to do. It shouldn't feel like a chore. It should just feel like this organic time for yourself that you already enjoy. So I think that is the best tip really when it comes to routine. I think everyone's always looking for just give me the three steps and I'll, you know, create the perfect routine. But I think it comes down to like what time do you enjoy most, morning or afternoon or night? You know, like when do you have the most energy? When do you physically have time for yourself? Like Ellie, you said you've got it in the morning because your partner's not home. Um, Elle, you prefer the the, the evenings. Mm For me, you know, it's mornings for me as well. So it just depends. And, and that could change, you know, when I have kids or when I move around or when you're traveling, like it doesn't always look that way. So having that flexibility, I think, is so, so important. Um, was there anything else either of you wanted to add to the conversation of routine before we wrap it up? I just, thought, I just have to add, like, just to tie everything in, in terms of like routines and purpose and all this stuff, uh, healing, like it's it's finding what works for you. Because I think we it, people are so quick to want to find this blueprint and these five steps to, um, you know, to quick to get to the spaces and, and think that, oh, this person, it's working for this person, so it's going to work for me. And, yes, that can be true, but with everything in life, it's just getting curious about, well, what feels true for me and, and what lights me up and what feels good for me and what do I enjoy and what's my journey going to look like? Because there's no right or wrong with any of this stuff. There is absolutely no right or wrong, even with healing, right? That's why we offer so many things because we don't know the blueprint to that individual person and who are we to tell them exactly what that, that journey is going to be like for them anyway. We're here to give them all of these beautiful experiences and for them to navigate back home and to really tune into what feels true for them. So again, your intuition, all this stuff mm-hmm. that we've, we've had a conversation around on this, on this podcast today, find what works for you, get curious, go on that journey because there is really no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And the, the seeking just adds into the, you know, the level of um, enoughness, right? We live in a society where, you know, if we, if you don't have a morning routine, I think you mentioned it before, if you don't have a morning routine, that like you're not doing enough. And, you don't have a purpose. Yeah, if you don't have a purpose, you know, you're not doing enough. And, you know, this, a lot of people are making a lot of money off people not feeling enough and it's, you know, telling them that they're not enough to, and this five-step process to routines will make them feel enough. And, you know, the, the truth is that we're enough. I mentioned it before. We're exactly where we're doing, doing exactly what we need to do. And if you don't feel in alignment and you're aware that you're not in alignment, then you can choose to do something about that and to to pivot and and to make that change. And you're worthy of it. It's not coming from a place of lack. It's not coming from a place of not enoughness. You know, anybody that wants to work on themselves and wants better for themselves, 
that is one of the bravest things that a human being can do. And, you know, I think it it gets to be celebrated more um, that like, wow, you had the awareness and you love yourself so much that you want more for yourself. Like you, you know, for anybody like listening to the balance theory going, hey, like, I'm, I'm out of balance. Here's a podcast about balance. I'm here to listen and to talk about how I can be in balance. You're already across the line. You're already like halfway mm. there. Mm. Um, you know, implement these simple things. Change one thing, 1% every day. And um, before you know it, you'll be, you'll be well on your way. Ella and myself both had the checklist for the routine when we started. Now we don't have the routine. We're like, do I feel it now? Do I feel it now? You know, we instantly know. Last night I was going to bed and I was like, I got a journal. There is no other way that I can process whatever this is right now. I need to just put pen to paper. I, I tried to get and my And you only out. know that, yeah. Yeah. You only know that because you've experimented with journaling and you know how it feels in the past. Yeah. And we're connected yeah. to, so to intuition. Yeah, we're connected to intuition. So when something comes up, it's like, okay, what am I needing right now? Mm-hmm. Um, you yes. know, I'll always advocate for havening being, you know, the most amazing thing in the world. But sometimes I don't want to haven. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it's, that's, that, that's the truth. So find the tools for your unique tooth, uh, Toothpaste. Mm-hmm. Toolbox. <laughs> Love it. So we're gonna Love mess it. up and, and it's never okay. underestimate the power of joy and play. Yeah. And having fun along the way. Child and not like taking curiosity. it all so seriously. You know, where do we ever fully arrive? Absolutely. Do we ever fully figure everything out? Like we're forever on the journey. So why not have more fun? Why not have more play? Why not really allow ourselves to enjoy the journey and not nitpick or overanalyze everything that we're doing and making sure that it is enough and it is alignment like tune into to knowing that it's okay to to not be in alignment sometimes it's okay to not be in our purpose sometimes it's okay to be in the mess it's okay to to be in the emotion it's okay to not do the rituals and routines sometimes like it's okay to be wherever we are and experience whatever we need to experience absolutely and and this all comes down to just honoring everybody's uniqueness which is really the whole premise of the podcast. So I want to thank you both so much for coming on and downloading all of your expertise, thoughts, and knowledge today. Um, I've really, really appreciated your time. And for everybody listening, I know it would have helped them a lot in reconsidering a lot about their balance and giving them a bit of a fresh perspective. So thank you both firstly. And secondly, if people want to connect with you guys or follow your journey a little bit closer, where's the best place they can do so? And I'll pop some links in the show notes. (laughs) Uh, the Enlightened Co on Instagram is probably the best way we have from there. You'll find in the bio both our personal as well as the Enlightened Retreats um, handle as well. We have an epic Facebook community, the Enlightened Co community. And yeah, basically search Enlighten and you'll find us across the board. If you're on our Instagram, you'll see most of the things. We're pretty active. We're always sharing all of the things. And so, yeah, that's probably the best place to go. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I'll pop links to it in the show notes. Thank you both so much. And I'm looking forward to see what's ahead for the Enlightened Co. and for both of you. Thank Thank you. you.